ESPN experts have ranked the Chargers as the seventh best roster in the NFL. And on today's show, we're going to be getting into the strongest and weakest position groups on the team. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we are going to get into an ESPN article that chose the Chargers to be in the top 10 best rosters in the NFL. We're also going to get into the strongest and weakest position groups and get into some X factors to finish this thing up. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of different ways it could go. I actually disagree. I think we both do with who they picked as the strongest roster. But this is done by Seth Walder and Mike Clay, two ESPN experts, two NFL experts that really do a lot of deep diving. And you can tell why they went the way they did for this show. Because if they are talking about the best rosters, it's hard to stack. You have to know so much. You have to know everyone's backups. So I was a little surprised that they ranked the Chargers as the seventh best roster in the NFL. They trail only the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, and Cowboys, which means... They have a better roster than the San Francisco 49ers, right? That's a take for sure. I mean, that's a little bit surprising there. But, David, do you think that is deserving? Is this where they should be? Do you think they're right around the seventh and just in the top ten, generally speaking? I do I do believe that they should be in the top ten. I think seven or eight is probably where I have them at, just considering the, the top-end talent that this team has. I yeah. mean, you, you take their – they're probably 10 to 12, you know, top position players. I mean, I, I think that you'd be hard pressed to find another team that wouldn't take the, those, those type right. of building block type of players. And so I think that's why, you know, you look at, I mean, all of the elements that you want to have a successful franchise, a, a successful football team, a quarterback chargers, got it yeah. uh, pass rushers. The chargers got it weapons for that quarterback to throw the football to the chargers. Got it. An offensive line to protect your superstar quarterback. The chargers got it on yep. defense. There's so much talent uh, up and down this roster. So, yes, I do believe the Chargers do belong in the top 10. Yeah, if you wanted to swap them with the 49ers, I would get it. If you wanted to swap the Chargers with the Cowboys, I would get it. So I think this is around the tier where they are, right? I mean, and it's interesting, though, because, like, the Chiefs ranked as, like, what, the 19th best offensive arsenal, and we did that show from ESPN. And then this one, right, you have them as the first-ranked roster. So, obviously, there's some disparity there as far as what the Chiefs have going on. But – the Chargers come in at seven, right? They're the fifth yeah. team in the AFC, which just shows you, you know, the five of the top seven teams are all in the AFC because it's just a loaded conference going into the season. It is. But it was interesting who they picked for the strongest unit, David, because I, me and you both disagree, and we're going to be doing a position group breakdown of the group. We believe it is next week, but it's hard to argue too hard with the guys they have at the top of the position they picked. They picked edge rusher because of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And I get that, David, but it just it wouldn't be where I would go with it. Yeah, it's not where I would go either. And, and and trust me, I get it. I totally understand. I mean, you see those top two guys, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and what they've done in their careers. I mean, 
It's very, very impressive. Khalil Mack is probably a, a, a future Hall of Famer. Joey Bosa, if he racks up a couple of more good seasons, he will be in that conversation as well. But I think where these two position groups differ, and the one I'm talking about is wide receiver, it has to do with the depth at that position, Daniel. I think last year when Joey Bosa got hurt, the Chargers could not pro- find somebody to help replace that production. And I think this year, the with the wide receiver room, it's so much more. It's, uh, there's so much more depth there. It's so yeah. much. It's a much longer unit. So yeah. I feel like there are guys. If your top two guys, Keenan and Mike, do go out with an injury, you feel at least that Josh Palmer can come in and provide some adequate production for you. And the Chargers simply could not find that in the edge group. So I feel like that's still the case just because there's still some uncertainty there. And that's why I believe the wide receiver room is probably the strongest unit on this team. I would agree. I mean, I think, you know, there's definitely a space between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, all things, you know, being equal and everyone's healthy. I think, you know, two of those guys have been either the best at that position or top five at that position. Mike Williams never been top five wide receiver in the NFL, right? That's fair. So I think that it, it is the depth that makes the difference. This is their argument for the edge unit. Edge rusher Joey Bosa was limited to full game, two full games during an injury plague 2022 season. But he was a superstar during his first six seasons, 58 sacks, and is at the prime age of 27. Opposite of him will be the league's best edge rusher of the last decade, Khalil Mack. Mack is now 32 years old, but remained effective last season. He played 82% of the snaps and had eight sacks. And they also brought in versatile second-round rookie Tuli Tui Pelotu, who brings some much-needed depth. And that's great, right? Like, having Tuli definitely helps that group. I think we're both bullish on Tuli, and we liked the pick when they took him in the second round, especially yeah. with how quickly the edge rushers were going on draft day, right? But Definitely. Those are the only three guys you feel good about. And it's different because the wide receivers, you use more guys. There's three wide receivers on the field more often. There's three edge rushers, obviously, right? So when you look at it, though, there's four proven players to me in the wide receiver room. You have two, you know, borderline kind of star players in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then you have two guys who are proven to some extent with Josh Palmer and even Jalen Guyton, right? At least he's a veteran that we've seen have success. Like definitely, Jalen Guyton is more trustworthy than Chris Rump, right? Josh Palmer is more trustworthy, in my mind, than Chris Rump is, right? Truly could end up being better than Josh Palmer, sure. But, like, as far as the guys we know about, it's them versus, you know, Chris Rump in this scenario because the Chargers don't have Kyle Van Noy to be that kind of veteran at that, you know, edge group this year. So that's where I think the difference is. And, you know, if you're feeling really good about having a second-round pick as depth, I mean, then you look at the receiver core, and the one not-proven guy that you have or one of the two is Quentin Johnston, who's Who's your first-round pick. pick. Right. So, like, if you're talking about what kind of expectations they're going to have or what kind of contributions you can get from them, I think that is what makes the difference. I think when you look at this wide receiving core, Dave, we're going to elaborate on it a little bit more next week. But, like, yeah, it's long and it's well-rounded. And to me, yes. that's what really makes the difference. Like, Chris Rump, I thought had some moments in pass rushing, still total liability in running. So defense, close. Right? So close. So many different times for Chris right. Rump. But he's not a super well-rounded player at this no, point in his not. career. He was, he was a very poor run defender last year. That, Whereas yeah. the wide receiver room, I get fuels like a lot of the things you could want from that room, you have in that room if you need it. 
that's exactly right. And I think just every different type of wide receiver that you want, you have available to you. I mean, and we're going to talk about a little bit more next week, but if you have the jump ball guy, you have the route runner, you have a a solid pro and you have some speed, like you just have all of the elements that you want and and, in any way you need to attack an opposing defense, you are able to attack an opposing defense. That's what makes that so diverse. And it's just with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, Obviously, they're great. I mean, if they're on the football field, they are true difference makers, both of them. But Mm -hmm. Chris Rumpf, he just hasn't shown enough yet to where if one of those two guys goes down and he has to play a lot of snaps like he had to do last year, the production was not there. So I think that's why for us, it just feels like the wide receiver room is a place that is a stronger unit than the edge rushers. I understand the top end talent, but... Even with Thule, and you said we both like Thule, but we haven't even seen him on the football field yet. Yeah, He hasn't even got to training camp. We haven't seen him in pads at all. So yeah. that jury is still out on how he's going to be able to perform, although we do like the skill set. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, the dude had 13 and a half sacks last year, and Definitely. he actually comes up in another part of this article as, as the non-starters that you should know, and we'll talk about that later on. But I do think as far as this group, I mean, you have two star players in each group. It's not an equal But one group has two proven players behind those two stars and a first-round pick, and one has no proven players behind their two stars and a second-round pick. So that, to me, is what makes this wide-receiving core the strongest unit on this team. Like, I mean, maybe it's just Justin Herbert by himself because, like, he's just that good. But, like, really, though, I mean, if you're talking about the whole unit, not just the top two guys, not just the top few guys – yeah, it's the wide receiving core, and I think that's you know for me one of the easiest decisions on this roster because I'm very very high on what this unit could be because they are more it's more stable it feels yeah. like going in it's more well rounded and, and I'm really excited to see it and I'm excited to talk about it because this is a great primer because we will be starting our position group breakdowns including the wide receivers next Wednesday where we get into why this group should be special. But what about the weakest group on this roster? This is one where I think we probably agree with Mike Quay, Mike Clay. And Seth Walder, because they picked the defensive line. But what if there's another position that can maybe give it a run for its money? We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. I do first need to tell you guys, though, about FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Take your first swing at MLB, uh, betting on the MLB on FanDuel, and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Baseball. Padres are heating up again. You know, I don't know if you should trust it, but they have a lot of fun bets on. They also have all the all-star festivities coming up, which will be fun, like the home run derby and all of that. And you can all bet on bet on all of that all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. And I know it's not football betting, right? But like one thing that makes baseball a lot more interesting is if you have something riding on it. I can tell you that from experience and there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book so sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a $200 back in bonus bets that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball all right well let's get back to this ESPN article here ranking the best rosters in the NFL and the Chargers come in at seventh but obviously your team is only as good as their weakest link so when you're looking at this team and you're trying to you know decide what the weakest position group is I think that there's a couple different ways you could go with it but I don't have a huge problem with where they ended up going this is what they ended up saying they said the weakest unit on this team is the interior defensive line and this is what they said while the edge room looks great 
The interior line remains shaky. You have Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and Morgan Fox are all back from 2022's underwhelming unit, with the top depth additions to the group being a 33-year-old Nick Williams and sixth-round pick Scott Matlock. The Chargers allowed a league-worst 5.6 yards per carry to running backs and were last in rush EPA last season. Things may not improve much in 2023. So, David, I mean, the wide receiver one I felt strong about, there's another way you could go with this that we'll get to, but, like, I understand why they picked this unit. Yeah, I mean, I, I do understand it, but also, like, let's not let's not sit here and, and say that the defensive line was the only reason why the Chargers defense gave up 5.6 yards per carry. I mean, 100%. I have that, too. Is it fair to blame the run defense all on them? It's not. No, it's definitely not. The, the corners uh, on the outside, you know, the, the guys who had that outside contain, which the Chargers Ed gave Rusher up pretty contain. much. Yep, the edge rusher contained. Yeah, I mean, they gave up the um, the most outside yards than anyone in the NFL last year, and it was, like, insane. It, it yeah. wasn't even close, and that was a large reason why they were, you know, as bad, as historically bad against the run as they were. But, yeah, the defensive line, they don't, they're not absolved of all blame either. I mean, I, I think that when well, it's more than just the run defense that you're worried about, right? Yeah. Like that's only one part of being a defensive interior lineman. That's right. And then the other part of it is pass rushing. And the only person on that defensive line that provided any kind of significant pass rush was Morgan Fox. The guy had six and a half sacks outside of that, you know, and you spent big money on your defensive line going into this season. Let's not forget you Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph day base, basically year, both yeah. made $10 million per season when they brought brought them in and signed them up. And so they were expecting big things from them. Namely, most importantly, to at least get some kind of handle on stopping the run. That did not happen at all. Right. And, and they, again, they weren't the only reasons for that, but they they do definitely share some blame. Yeah, I mean, they might not even have been the biggest part, right? But they right. were still a part of it. So, like, from that point, I get it. I mean, just to use that as an all-encompassing, like, the yeah. run defense was bad because of this. Like, and we talked no. to Braden Fehoko about it. Every day, right. remember, we had Braden Fehoko, who was great when he came Such on with us. Such an amazing interview. And told us about run fits, right? And yeah. it does have the edge contain has a lot to do with it. It does have, the, you know, the defensive backs coming up and making tackles has a lot to do with it. Not just yeah. that, but being in the right spot, right? So they yeah. don't. Everybody's got to position. be synced up. Oh, for sure. And like, let's talk about the linebackers, right? Like, obviously, the Chargers weren't getting enough in the run game with their linebackers and being able to stop it consistently, being able That's to right. find the right gaps and shut these plays down before they turn into big plays. That's right. the biggest thing. Like, you look at a lot of those big runs they gave up. Almost all of them are on the perimeter, right? Were they still a little bit weak inside? Sure. And did you get enough out of Sebastian Joseph Day? No. Did you get enough out of Austin Johnson? No, but it wasn't no. really his fault, right? right? Like, that part, too. But, like... Maybe truly helps this group, right? It seems like they're going to need him just as an edge rusher, but obviously he has a lot of experience rushing on the inside. I'm yeah. very high on Scott Matlock and what his potential could be eventually, but asking Same. him to be the second best interior pass rusher on this team is just a really yeah, unrealistic tough. thing, even for a guy who snatches souls. You know what I mean? So, like, it's hard with this group. And I think the other thing is just, like, this is one of the only group on the Chargers defense, David, where you don't have a star. Like, there's no star yeah. of this group. I love Morgan Fox. There's no stars in this group. No, there is definitely not. I mean, one thing that there is, though, is a ton of bodies. So, the bottom end, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. There's a lot of, of people that are fighting for the back end of that rotation. But, you know, the, simply put, the, the Chargers need more f from the guys that they paid a lot of money to. I mean, yep. they need Sebastian Joseph Day to show up and, and, and really 
provide his best game and to be able to provide a little bit of pass rush. And yeah, you don't have to be a good pass rusher, but you right. can't be like one of the worst pass rushers, right? And that's exactly. the kind of what he was last year on a right. you know snap to snap basis. Right, you got to provide something, and and then hopefully Austin Johnson comes back and he's healthy and he can he can go back to doing his thing. And then also Otito, right? I think we saw some good things from Otito Abonia before he got hurt. Some flashes, some things that sure. made you say, okay, I understand why it looked like he the belonged. Chargers. Yeah, exactly. He looked like he fit in. So, I mean, there's some questions about how they're going to be able to come back, and, and then they're going to have to see who's able to round out. But they need better production from that group, that's for sure. But I don't think it's the only position group that the Chargers need to be worrying about. Yeah, I think you go multiple spots. I feel like they're all on the defensive side, you know? I mean, because I think if you're <laughs> yeah. going offense, you probably go maybe running back. I don't know, like... Maybe you go like interior offensive line, but like you have dudes you feel really good about there, at least on the top end, right? So like, yeah, I, I think it's all defense pretty much, and yeah. I think the other one it has to be safety to me. You know, I think that would be the one you would probably go with, just because it's like yes, you have a star, yeah, but is the star enough to carry the rest of that unit? Because the rest of the unit looks like this: it's a Lohi Gilman starting next to Derwin James, it's JT Woods as basically the primary backup to both of those guys seemingly right now. And then it's Mark Webb who hasn't been healthy in two years and Raheem Lane who, you know, caught on as an undrafted free agent. So like, yeah, you're one Derwin James injury away from this undoubtedly being the weakest part of your roster. Yeah. And that's definitely scary, Daniel, because I mean, Hey, if, if DJ goes down, God forbid, and I'm not going to, I mean, and nobody can replace him. Right. It's just, it's not even that though. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's not even about replacing me. is you don't even have anybody that can come up and and really play replacement value. And I'm not talking replacement Derwin James value. I'm talking replacement NFL type of level or even that's has where, NFL snaps yeah like, that's what, yeah barely but like that's it right and Raheem Lane he, he, 25 snaps last year I mean yeah. ve- very very little I mean Mark Webb has been injured and then you have a couple of undrafted free agents that you're bringing into the mix but it's definitely just feels like a unit that could benefit from one more veteran type <laughs> of presence <laughs> that we keep banging the table for but yeah. that's just what it feels like I mean you, you can't look at this roster and see a lot of places that you have a bunch of issues but the safety position is one of those go that, that makes you just go, man, I just hope DJ is able to stay healthy because right now there's no one else behind him that you feel good enough that the Chargers won't get eviscerated on the back end. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers haven't put a lot of resources into it since they took Nazir Adderley, right? They did right. A, a step in the right direction when they brought in JT Woods, but as far as outside sources, like they haven't brought in free agents to fill those spots, right? They've no. been really relying on just Nazir Adderley and Alohi Gilman getting them by last year right and it was just Nazir Adderley before that so like that worries me that the amount of unproven depth at safety really really worries me Derwin James obviously lifts that unit maybe he's enough to get them out of it in this conversation yeah DJ Superman for sure but I mean I don't know how much you want to be tugging on Superman's cape right right exactly so it's just it's tough I I wanted to see competition for Elohi Gilman and JT Woods will bring that a little bit and we'll get into our training camp battles in the next couple weeks too where we you know hash it all out but like yeah this is you know every day is no we've been having this conversation about this unit for a little bit now and we thought they would add to it and they haven't so we'll see how it all shakes out but it just feels like it's a dangerously thin position right now jt woods man that that dude i mean you talk about guys that you know we'll have a lot of uh we'll know a lot more about after this upcoming season and even just after this upcoming training camp man that that'll be like really the only kind of saving grace to to see you know where he's at 
it's an it's a major major training camp for him. I mean, yeah. it, after his first season, where I mean that was was definitely not not very fun to watch. Okay, no. I mean he was tackling his own guys in in the preseason. And, <laughs> That kind of just gave you a, an idea yeah. of maybe he's not ready to step foot on the football field to play meaningful snaps. But this year, you got to hope that he rededicated himself. And, and, you know, by all accounts, the coaches said that, he, you know, he did improve his body. We're going to have to see. I mean, because yeah. with JT Woods, it's all about the tackling. I mean, if he yeah, improves his it. tackling, he will be on the football field, period. But that's what we have to see in training camp. It's going to be a big one for him. Because he had some, he, when he did get in limited snaps, like, first of all, he missed one out of the five tackles that he had, I believe, or, you know, something around that. Had one miss, missed five, or made five. So, like, a lot of those, you know, he had some special team tackles too. But, like, I mean, Chris Rump missed more than half the tackles he had last year. So, yeah. there, he's not the only one. It's been a team effort as far as the missed tackles go. But he could be a big X factor this season. But that's not who the ESPN experts picked as the Chargers X factor. They didn't pick a player at all, they picked Kellen Moore. And I have to agree to him, David, because as many good players as you have, the Chargers obviously have a loaded roster. You need the right guy pushing the buttons, and they think that he is. So we're going to talk about the X Factor and also a non-starting player that you should know coming up right after this. All right, guys, we're continuing to get into this ESPN article from Mike Clay and Seth Walder going over the best rosters in the NFL, but that's just today's show. I will be on my honeymoon next week. David is going to be celebrating his 10-year anniversary with his lovely wife next week as well. We're doing this before the start of training camp, obviously, on purpose. The great news is we're still having shows come out anyways. We will have three more shows for you guys next week before we ramp back up to five as things start to heat up in the offseason. But next week, we'll be talking about undrafted free agent greats, including the GOAT, Antonio Gates. We'll also be getting into the wide receiving core and why we think that group is going to be special. But... This article also had another little caveat as far as what they like about this team. And they had the X factor for 2023, which is interesting that they didn't pick someone that was actually on a roster and, you know, an article talking about the most loaded rosters in the NFL. But David, they ended up going with new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Maybe we're putting too much on him or expecting too much from him because we expect a lot and we're very excited about the hire, but it's hard to say they got this part wrong. It does seem like he is one of the biggest X factors going into this year. Well, and, and we've said it before, right? In an offseason where the resources that the Chargers had available to them was limited, they had to try to make or find their upgrades wherever they could. And yep. one of those upgrades that they were able to pinpoint and locate that is not subject to the salary cap is bringing in a new <laughs> offensive coordinator, uh, and that being a guy in Kellen Moore who has had a track record of success every single year. He has been an offensive coordinator. He has run a top 10 offensive unit and I think now I think it's, it's pretty easy to say that he's coming into the best situation that he's ever had with yeah. the full complement of weapons with the best quarterback that he has ever had and with a very very good young good mix of offensive linemen that is going to be blocking in front of him and, and and I think this is what felt like was missing especially with the offense last year with Joe Lombardi feeling like that offense did not hit its peak it yeah. did not really produce at the level we were all expecting, given the talent. Now that job belongs to Kellen Moore to, like you said, be able to push the right buttons and to be able to maximize the potential, the massive potential of this offensive unit. And Justin Herbert, right? And Justin Herbert. With Justin Absolutely. Herbert. I mean, everything with this team comes down to Justin Herbert. You that's know, right. Like that, that is the main straw that serves the drink. Like without Justin Herbert, you're doing no matter what, right? That's, that's just right. the life we're living in because you just can't replace him. 
But I think when you're looking at Kellen Moore, I want to go back to something you actually said because you talked about like, hey, you know, the Chargers have very limited resources going into this. Like they couldn't improve their roster by going and signing a bunch of other players. They couldn't improve their offense by going and signing a bunch of players. They didn't. They signed Will Clapp, you know, and they signed Trey Pippins. That's pretty much it offensively. So when you can't upgrade your roster, can't upgrade your offensive unit, what do you have to do? Try to get more out of the unit that you already have. And that's, that's right. what the Chargers are doing with this move, right? They're trying to absolutely maximize what they have. And too often last year, too often even in 2021, when things got crazy, when the crunch time came, when the Chargers went up against a good defense, it fizzled out, truly, yeah. right? And like there were just yeah. too many times where it felt like the offense was holding the players back instead of getting the most out of its players. That's right. Here's this, though, Dave. What do you think about this? This is my X factor. I am just came up with this right now. Okay. We wanted to talk about rosters and complete players. Tell me what you think about my X factor for this team. The return of Rashawn Slater. How do you feel about that as far as the X factor? I love that. I absolutely love it. And, hey, kudos to Jamari Sawyer and the way that he played last year because there's no way that they make it to the playoffs without the way he played left tackle last year. I think that is a true and very clear statement. But to be able to introduce back into the fold an all-pro, and not just any all-pro, an all-pro left tackle, a guy who is dominant as a pass protector and as a run blocker, that has been sorely, sorely missed. Just to have that freedom to be able to say, Rashawn, I already know you got to, whoever is on your side, I don't got to worry yeah. about it. I know you don't need extra help. I know you don't want extra help. We're going to be able to divide, divert our resources somewhere else. That type of freedom just by itself is beautiful. And, and yeah. I agree. I think he's one hell of an X factor and the Chargers have definitely sorely missed him. And I can't wait to see number 70 go out there and, and just wreck shop once again. Yeah, and I mean, this was just me trying to find a way to talk about Rashawn Slater. I'm excited to do the offensive line, you know, position group breakdown. And he said, you know, Kellen Moore might have the most, you know, talent he has. I don't know. He's had some really, really good teams, right? He had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CJ, or D, CD Lamb all at the same time. He had a, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. He had Tony sure. Ford, right? Like, he's had some guys for sure. But it's hard to say he's taking much of a step back. Right, and the other thing he didn't have with those guys is Justin Herbert, and Justin right. Herbert to me <laughs> That's what I was about surpassed to say. Dak Prescott, right? So yeah. like in that regard, he should be really, really happy, and having his left tackle, his all-pro left tackle in the fold, only is going to help what his plans are for this offense. Makes right? me and sleep better at night. I'll tell you that right now. Going down the field, that's what we want, right? It's yes. harder to do when your left tackle's out. You know that that should hopefully open, or up when you're things. running for your life. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right, and. and Having a fully healthy Justin, I think there's so many factors, but those two guys hard to you know argue that they're not X factors. But Definitely. that wasn't the only thing they talked about in this ESPN article because they also added a non-starter to know. And I like the one they picked. They picked edge rusher Tuli Tuli Pelotu. He recorded 13 and a half sacks. This is what they put a year ago for USC and could be a long-term replacement for Khalil Mack. That's the plan, David. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we're hoping he can be. It's hard though. I I mean, I you know he will get snapped this year. It's not like some yeah. of the guys, right? It's hard to know how many snaps Dayon Henley is going to get or even right. Jordan McFadden, right? Someone right. like that. Right. He's at a position where they're going to need him to be part of that rotation. And I, I think, you know, they're right to be bullish on him. I, I really like Tui Tui Pelo too. How he progresses, what the, you know, mat- maturation process looks like for him, it's so hard to say because obviously we've seen with guys before and Drew Tranquil because you're right. Chen Nuosu, right? Another yeah. USC edge rusher. Like, right. everyone goes at their own speed. This is a super young dude, but like, I'm excited to see his play style. And I definitely agree, you know, he is a non starter to know. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tui Tui Pelotu is a very important piece, and 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 the Chargers were kind of backed into a corner to where they had to address the defensive end position. But I am glad that they went away with a guy that we were at one point looking at in the first round. He was mocked to them, yeah. I think Todd McShay's first uh, mock draft of the season. He was a first round pick, right? Yeah. So to get that guy in 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 the second round and and a guy who you know led all of the what is it the FBS Uh, Pac twelve. Yeah, excuse me. Led the Pac twelve in sacks with thirteen and a half. I mean, that's a heck of a performance, and you hope that translates. But you just need more from that edge group. So you're hoping he can come come in there and provide some solid uh, run, uh, run support and do what he does as a pass rusher. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he definitely brings a, a frenetic energy. He brings a fun play sound. Yeah. Of course, like, you know, really good teams, you know, you would like to let him cook. You'd like to, oh, you definitely. know, not have to rush him in there. But, like, this is where the Chargers at. And, like, he is going to be playing this year one way or another. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's really, really hard to see, it, you know, if he's healthy, that he's not going to be at least – pretty decent size role of this Chargers defense and I'm excited to you know talk about it we'll break his game down a little bit more too when we get more of our player breakdowns and our position group breakdowns right as we kind of take things into the season and get into training camp so much stuff to be excited about but thank you guys for checking out today's show we appreciate you as always making us your first listen and thank you to Locked On Podcast Network for letting us do this and talk about our favorite team every day because that's pretty cool too and we'll be on vacation next week but we will be back with you guys on Monday talking about undrafted greatness and the history of undrafted free agents with this Chargers franchise, including the GOAT, Antonio Gates, who needs no introduction. Excited to get into that, as well as the wide receivers next week. Guys going into contract years. So much to get into, and we will have it for you guys next week. But until then, to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel. And also, go to find the show wherever you get your podcast from, just because you do one doesn't mean you can't do the other. If you watch on YouTube, Go subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from as well. It always helps us and helps us out, and we appreciate you guys. So you can also find us on all of our social media to make sure you don't miss the show. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can also find us on threads now, too. We're on threads. Don't worry about that. You can also find us at LockedOnChargers on Instagram and the LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But even from vacation, we will be back with you guys on Monday, and we can't wait because we have a lot of fun shows playing for you guys then. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.